Well, hello. You are listening to the kickstart of the podcast, Good Girl to Goddess. This is a show where you're going to see your patterns, own your power, and claim your potential. It's about mindset and mastery, and it's about your empowerment. We're living in epic times for women, but it's up to us to create our own evolution revolution from the inside out. It's up to us to get over our good girl so we can get on with our life. I'm Joy Balma, and I'm going to be your host on this adventure, and you're good girl to goddess Sherpa. You know, I believe that when we look at that inner good girl, we discover that she is disempowering us and we need to know how and why and when. And this podcast is going to help you see those patterns. I'm a coach and author of women's empowerment books and personality typing, and I love helping women discover their feminine superpowers so they can rock their life, love, and biz. So we're going to be talking all about these sneaky patterns and how they hide out and sabotage us. And we're going to get hip to them so we can claim our most empowered goddess life. From time to time, I'm going to have some co-hosts that are going to help me to illuminate a specific topic, and we're going to have some guests sharing their good girl to goddess stories. So there's going to be a lot of storytelling so we can learn from each other. I'm going to have us jump right into the very first episode here where we talk about, is your good girl sabotaging your relationship? So are you ready to go from good girl to goddess? Let's do this. I'm so excited today because I get to introduce to you one of my lady boss BFFs who is going to co-host with me from time to time because she's a recovering good girl. Her name is Lisa Staria. Say hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. No, kidding. Uh, hi there. <laughs> Sorry. I'm in a giggly mood. Um, so, yes, I am your cohort in crime. I will be here. Uh, I'm excited to do this. This is going to be a blast. Yeah, because we're talking all about how to go from your disempowered good girl to your sovereign queen and everything mm. in between, right? I like that. Sovereign queen. Yes. Yeah. We need to spill the tea on this because we've been on this journey and you know, we might as well share our secrets, don't you think, Lisa? Like, Absolutely. why should we keep it all to ourselves? You know, why yes. should we just be running around with the crown? You know, let's pass the crown on, right? Exactly. And sometimes I have <laughs> to admit my crown does slip off periodically. So it's always nice to have a little refresher. So. Yes, yeah, so this is a refresher course for us as well. And today we have kind of a, I would say, a really important topic, all about how the good girl sabotages our relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yes. I want to say, even if you think you're empowered, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't have a good girl problem, I'm, really, you could be thinking that, right? Like, this isn't the show for me because I don't think I have a good girl in me. Well, let me tell you, this was me. I did not think I had a good girl running the show until she ran me off a cliff, right? <laughs> I didn't even know it was happening. Uh, and that's why I wrote my book, Crack Your Good Girl Code, Secrets to Reclaiming Your Feminine Power. I thought I was, you know, a major boss lady did not have all these good girl things going on. So, you know, the good girl isn't just uh, one good girl. There's there's many different shades, don't you think, Lisa? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you can feel empowered and great and all that. And that can be true, but it's a, the good girl's sneaky. That's what I've learned. Very sneaky good girl and shows up in the weirdest times and places and so forth. So She's like um, one of those pop-up things. You know, you crank it. Hey! She surprises you, you know. It's the jack-in-the-box. That's right. It's exactly. Like, along, and then suddenly, boom. It's like, ah, oh, dang it. There it is again. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some, there's, 
there's so many good things about the good girl, and I, I, we are not here to trash the good girl in any way, shape, or form. We're only here to help you out, sisters, of when she can become disempowered, right? And she can disempower you, and she can disempower every area of your life. And so all we have to know is understand her patterns. And so we're going to be talking about the good girl patterns of how she sabotages relationships. Does that sound good, Lisa? I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So number one, I say this has to be like way, way, way high on the list, okay, mm -hmm. is the overgiving, overfixing, being overly responsible and like taking over everyone's responsibilities. You know what I mean? Like she becomes that overdoer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, kind of like smothers you. Um. Yeah. Can I can I tell you a personal story? Because you were talking about oh, yeah. overgiving, overfixing. So yeah. I, I was single many years in my twenties and early thirties, and I was going through therapy. I was trying to figure out what it was. Because here's what I found out: I had bad relationships, right? And and I finally figured out the light bulb went off that it would, the common denominator is me, <laughs> not them. I was attracting the not so great guys. So I was doing therapy, and I just. And I was talking to my therapist, and I said, but I'm good at relationships. I'm great at relationships. I put the work mm. in. I'm there for that person. You know, that guy, I'm there. And she just looked at me. She goes, oh, you're good at relationships. You're good at doing the entire relationship. And I got mm. to, I was, I, it, I'm a chatter, so I was struck dumb. So that tells you a lot. And I went, <laughs> what? And she goes, yeah, you do the entire relationship. No room it, that, for anybody else. Yeah, and it was like, you got to do that, you know, you got to meet them, right? And I was trying, I was over-giving, over-fixing. Anything mm -hmm. they needed, I would drop everything and do it. And I got to tell you, it was exhausting. But that was like the first time I'd ever really kind of thought about, oh, you mean you could actually over-give? Really? Huh. I know. Don't, didn't you think the whole time you were being like this virtual angel from heaven, sent from heaven to help this person in every aspect of their life? Absolutely. <laughs> Why, yes, yes, I did. It's like, you ungrateful swine. Why are you not appreciating me and my magnificence? Um, yeah. yeah. From, you know, yeah. But, but then I flipped into the murder mode of like, I do so much for you right. with so little, and that's just not good either. So I went from yeah. good girl to martyr. That's not healthy. Well, they're on a continuum there. The disempowered good girl turns into the martyr right quick, you know, because, mm -hmm. because she's a, when she does the overgiving. And that this is my type too, the fixer. I talk about it in the book, Crack Your Good Girl Code. Uh, the fixer. That's the fixer good girl. And we learn as young women that to be giving and be selfless and to help people and to serve people. But the problem is, is no one ever clarified that. Mm -hmm. No, it's like the more you give, the better you are. And so we're trying to like earn our like gold star to heaven, right? Exactly. And then and then someone says, uh, you got to let other people like do their own stuff, right? And you're like, well, that kind of puts me out of a job, doesn't it? Exactly. So where's my worth if I'm not giving, giving, giving? Yeah. Who's going to tell me I'm a good person? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so we both went through that as being the overgiver, the overfixer, overly responsible. So tell me about what your partners felt about that. Well, I had been in two not so successful relationships, and so that's when I went to therapy. So I have no idea how they felt about that, but probably not very good because I was no longer with them. Um, so when I met my husband, I was, I, you know, I had done had done some work and really worked on standing up for myself and speaking my truth. And I have to tell you that it was really hard because I had been taught, you know, because there was conflict. I didn't do conflict in my family. 
So my mom didn't, you know, deal with it well, so I didn't know how to do it. So I just, I didn't know how to, you know, if something was not right. So we're going to talk about that, the peacekeeper good girl, in just a minute. Um, I think that that's a really good intro to that because she wears the mask of politeness. So this is the second way that we can sabotage our relationship. Right. But I want to say, just before we jump into that, you know, it, going back to the fixer and the overgiving, what happens is that we disempower the other person. Right. Who wants to be in a relationship with somebody who's making you disempowered? It just So that's what it feels like on the other end. It's like, you know, you can't do a thing for yourself. Right. It's like, thank you. I, I can... I can do this myself. It's almost like we, like the, you know, I was, I have a uh, great niece who's like, you know, getting into that. I can do it myself kind of thing. It's like, no, I mm. do it. And it's almost like mm. we're back that it's like, well, you stop. I can do. It. I do it. Thank you very much. Right, um, right. Because it's right. like I am capable. Do you really not see me as capable? If someone's always trying to right. fix, then you're basically saying, oh, you can't handle it, which is not a great feeling. You take away their sense of agency in the world, like, you know, their competency and their ca- being mm-hmm. capable. And, oh, it's just a slippery slope. I can tell you, ladies, if you're listening to this, you're listening to two women who have been through this, don't do it. If you're overgiving, overfixing, being overly responsible, the other person don't like it on the other side. They yeah. don't really don't like it. And, you know, you're just going to feel like a martyr. You're going to feel used. It's just it's slimy. It just doesn't work. So mm-hmm. what's their responsibility is theirs. Stop trying to do it for them. Right? Oh, hallelujah. That sounds good to me. <laughs> okay, well, let's go on to the peacekeeper, which you were just starting to talk about, is when yes. we wear the mask of politeness in a relationship. Oh, it's like... You know, you act like nothing is wrong, and then you end up like being passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Oh, honey, I got a, I got a PhD in passive aggressive. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me how does that show up? Well, again, so being raised in a in uh, an environment where my mom just didn't know how to deal with conflict, she wasn't comfortable with it. So if I was mad at a brother. I wouldn't talk to the brother. I would talk to my sister. Oh, can you believe that? I can't believe he did that. And it's this passive aggressive, and that was literally. How I lived my life with friends, with coworkers, with you know significant others, all that stuff, and I got to tell you, it doesn't work well. So you don't talk to the person; you talk behind their back. Exactly, because I don't know how to. Yes, because I didn't know how to deal with afraid of like difficult emotions, and you just yeah, okay. So because it wasn't okay to be upset. It wasn't okay. Oh. Um, I had to be polite and just turn the other. I mean, literally remember my mom saying, you know, when my cousin was mean to me, oh, it'll blow over. Just, you know, turn the other cheek. And I'm like, eh. So I got that from very, very early on, right? So I just learned, oh, really, they hurt your feelings. Oh, it'll blow over. It's fine. Or Don't keep well, boundaries, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I couldn't keep boundaries. And if someone basically, you know, dumped on me i i didn't know how to deal with it so i either was passive aggressive towards them or i just left the relationship like literally would just leave and not tell them anything i mean i did not know how to deal with conflict at all and you're the original ghoster that's when you when you ghost people you know you just oh yeah yeah oh that's a great yes i i am i was a big g big ghoster I don't do that anymore. I will, if I don't want a relationship with a, a person, whether it be a friend or whatever, I am very intentional about it. Because you've learned. You've, now you, you speak up and you, you tell people what you really feel and the truth. And you have to let the chips yes. fall, you know? Yes. There's nothing. You, you, can't, you can't manufacture their response. No. 
But one caveat, I have to admit, if it's a relationship that, like a person I'm not really invested in, I'll kind of go, okay, do I really want to spend energy having this conversation? Or, you know, if it's if it's someone who's kind of like on the fringe of my life, does that make sense? Yes. If it's someone very important, I will make a point of saying, okay, this is how you hurt my, you know, here's how my feelings were hurt, this is what happened, how do we work through this? If they're not that important, I may not do that just because it's like, eh, you know, right. do I really care what they think about me kind of thing? And do I really care about this? No. But that's that's more of a gut check. That's where you have to step into your power and say, is this really important to me? Yes or no. Save the relationship, right? Yeah. You know, make it better, um, yeah. The person, when you're, if you're in a relationship and you're wearing the mask of politeness, uh, what I call the peacekeeper good girl, the other thing you suffer from is just trying to keep the peace because I don't want to be seen as a mean person or, you know. Exactly. Yeah, you know, don't rock the boat, don't be mean, be polite. It's, it's, back, it's back to the polite thing. And no one knows where you stand, mm-hmm. you know? You have any experiences like that where, like, like you're just, like, ships passing in the night? You have oh. no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. Um, I've had it with friends. I've had it with coworkers where they'll say one thing one day, and then the next day it's like, I'm sorry, I thought we already had that cleared up. What what just happened? And it's crazy making where you're like, I had one person in particular who got upset with me because it was a miscommunication. That's all it was. And literally she blew up, screaming at the top of her lungs, st- sitting, we just walked out of a movie theater. Where are we going to go to lunch? Right? Kind of thing. And I said, no, I don't right. want to go over there. I want to go over here. And it was based oh. on holiday traffic stuff and I said no that's going to be we're going to get stuck in traffic let's just go over here and I don't know what that was but apparently that was the worst thing in the world I could say and she just completely blew up so she's been like a lot of things it probably wasn't even about you well you know yeah I mean I'm sure it wasn't but I just kept looking at her going no 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 we can just go over here and she I mean screaming people were looking at us and I of course was mortified going oh my god so she's probably so used to not speaking up and here's another person telling her, you know, taking the lead. Right. Right? Yeah. Yep. Right. So sure this that's is the other thing. Yeah. So this is the other, we'll go into the next good girl type, which is the pleaser. And they become, they have, they give up their entire self-identity to other people. Mm. And they let other people, they give their um, power away to other people and let them take over control. You know, and then they just become the go-along, right? Mm-hmm. But you can imagine over years of doing that, and you were a safe person to do that on it, and she, for her to have a huge hissy fit and meltdown about probably years of um, being the go-along to, to get along. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why it was nothing to do with you. No, it, I, I in retrospect, I know that. In the moment, it was like, whoa, you know. What, right. what, what's right. going on? What just happened? And uh, we, uh, the, the relationship ended up not being saved because I kept trying to talk to her and she just did not want to be talked to. Right, right. And she just, I don't, she, I mean, it just was kind of fun. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. And I cared about her. I really liked her. And I tried on a couple times, even though we parted ways that, that day. This is why the good girl, she becomes so impacted from these patterns that it, it blows up in relationships and you happen to be the safest relationship she had right. to do that in because you know that this was going on in every other area of her life where she there just was sublimating herself to everyone else. And the minute you said, hey, no, let's go this way, she like literally had a cosmic meltdown, right? Pretty much. So this is what, yeah, pretty much. 
Pretty much. That's what happens. <laughs> right. And so we learn that just being polite and overgiving, all these things that we think make us virtuous are actually like causing relationship breakdowns. And so mm-hmm. that's why we're talking about it. That's why we just, we got, we got to help assist it out here, right? Yes, please. So, well, because, uh, you know, that, that instance was probably, let me think, that's probably 20 years ago. And mm. it still really resonates with me, that feeling of, of just having someone blow up in your face and, and what that's like. And I work so, it's something I, I, I work on, I'm very conscious of, that I don't do that to other people. You know, and another, you want to hear another funny story? Oh. Sure. I probably told this to you privately, but I'll, I'll share it. So when I first mm-hmm. met my, my guy, right, we've been together, I don't know, three or four months, and we were having our first big fight. And we're standing across the room with each other. And I don't even know what we were fighting about. You know how that goes. Could have been toothpaste mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he goes, I thought you said communication was important to you. <laughs> and I looked at him and without skipping a beat, I said, I did. I didn't say I was any good at it. <laughs> and at that point, we both just kind of stopped and then started busting up laughing. Because, I mean, we were screaming, you know, that kind of like scream. And thankfully, we weren't saying bad, you know, mean and calling each other names. But we were just kind of like so frustrated. But he was just like, and so that's now the joke. And he'll just go, oh, there's my little communicator. I'm like, oh, oh, (laughs) what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? So now we actually took this really, you know, this is my growing edge. It's something I'm always going to be working on, right? Because, you know, my default, if you will, is the politeness. So it's just something I consciously do. And so now we make a joke of it. And I go, okay, communicator. And I'll go, oh, I forgot to tell you that, didn't I? Yeah, it's like, okay, sorry. The the default politeness. The default of politeness. I love it. And we've got that in us as women to try and be the good woman, to try and be the go-along and try to make other people happy, try to fix their problems. And we just get it so ingrained in us. It's it's maybe the mother archetype or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but... Even if you think you're empowered, it's, you know, we still have it in us and we still fall into these, just like, they're like, it's like a pothole. You don't even, you don't even see it coming, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden you're knee deep in it. You know, there's so many ways in which we do this and we're just trying to like get you hip to some of these patterns because I would reckon that you probably, people are listening, have recognized all these patterns. So the good girl is not just like this classic doormat where she lets everyone walk over her. You know, that's what we think of it as. We think of it as, oh, she's just, you know, completely, you know, the um, wallflower, right? Exactly. But that's not true. There are some more powerful types, and meaning they're more um, proactive, and that's what we're talking about is some of these patterns. And I'm going to talk about one more pattern here, and that is like, the good girl only wants to see the best in people. I mean, it's, this is like literally like a virus program that gets inputted, inputted us in, as girls. We just completely overlook red flags. I mean, like, we take loyalty to a whole new level of dysfunction when we do this. You know, we think we're being so true blue, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I mean, the problem with this is that what happens is you end up like lowering your standards, you know, completely. Right. Don't you think, Lisa? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, no, you've not allowed to 
treat me like this. No, you can't cancel for the fourth time in a row at the last minute kind of thing. You know, the, I love the phrase, first time, shame on you, second time, shame on me. Right. You know, so right. if someone does something and you're like, okay, I mean, that happens and that, you know, that I totally get it. Something comes up or someone missteps or blows off the handle, yeah. okay, yeah. whatever. Second time it happens and I put up with it and don't set the boundary, then it's like, okay, I need to take a look at this because if I'm if I if I've set a boundary and I letting them continually walk all over it, this isn't good because then they can't tell where they stand again. It's like, does she really mean it? Can I can I get a, can I get away with this one more time? It's like, mm, right, no. the caving, the caving that we do, and because we want to be so such a nice girl, you know. I remember one boyfriend. He was going to take me to a prom. I think it was in some sort of college dance or something, and he was like hours late. At, yeah, and then on many occasions he would be hours late, and, you know, I did find out later on he was like, one of his best friends told me he's like, he's been cheating on you since day one, you know, I mean, he's just like a major player, you know what I mean, he's like, he's yeah. always out with someone else, that's why he's late, but you know what, it's like, oh, oh, your, your tire blew up, oh, and it took you three hours, oh, okay, you know, you're just like, oh, let's go now, you know, it's like, uh, and that, that happens like ten times, and you're like, mm-hmm. Still don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of painful memories on on this this whole thing about just mm-hmm. like giving your partner second, third chances, and you know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! I think one guy I was dating was like, I mean, I, I kind of suspected he had might have had like multiple personalities. <laughs> it's like yowzers, you know, like yowzers. I know, seriously, it's like, okay, wait, did I? Who am I Yeah, who's showing yeah. up t- right now? It's like you know, yeah. you know. Who are you? Are you the person? <laughs> exactly. And it's like it took me a little while. I finally did figure it out, but it took me a while. And it's like I, when I went on the first date, I came back. And I told my friend, like, I thought, you know, I don't, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling it. She goes, Oh, keep going, keep going, keep trying, keep trying. You know, and and so I did. And it's like that's what I took on her philosophy of, even though your gut is telling you. Mm-hmm. No, there's something really wrong here. It's, you know, it's like, I'll just ignore that part and see if I can make it work anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's and, and that you hit on something. It's like not trusting your gut, mm. it, and that is such a detriment when your gut's just screaming no, 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 and your head's going, well, they had a bad day, blah blah, blah you know, that kind of a thing. That's hands down. That's one of the worst things I could ever do. Well, it's isn't it so gut. painful to watch other women do it too? When you're like, like you see it like clear as it's been written in the sky, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh no, that's not really happening. That's not what's happening." And you're like, "Oh no," <laughs> you know, they're just completely ignoring the truth. Just like they don't want to see the truth, they don't want to face the truth, and they just want to overlook anything that doesn't fit into their little idea of the way things should be perfect. Exactly. Right. You know. Denial is pretty powerful. And I remember people, you know, I had a friend that just kept saying, you know what you need to do and when you're ready, you'll do it. And I'd complain and complain Mm. and complain. You know what you need Mm. to do when you're ready to do it. You know, ready, you'll do it. And I'm like. Wow, that's some wise advice. I like that. I know. Yes. It was, it was very wise. And it was like, and I. Say it again, Lisa. What is it? You know what you need to do. And when you're ready, you will do it. And. I, you know, you you do. There's a certain point, I don't know, if you have to hit rock bottom, a lot of people do, where you just go, I can't do this anymore. And um, I remember, you know, I distinctly remember when mine was, when I called off uh, when I was, my engagement. 
uh, with my mm-hmm. ex-fiance, and it was just like, I, I just can't do this anymore. This is so bad. And my girlfriend just kept saying, and this is when I was in my 20s, right? She just kept saying, you know what you need to do when you're ready, you'll do it. But it took wow. such a horrific experience that that it had to get that bad before I was willing to do it. To wake you up. To, to wake me you up, up from your yep. good girl trance of just, yep. I'm just going to ignore everything and just have my... You know, it's like the woman going, you know, to get married, like you're talking about, and you know, in the back of her mind, she's like, "I know this isn't going to work," and yet she's just like, "I'm just, I've got all the people coming, and right. everything's paid for. I've just got to keep going, and just, you know, that's what the, you know, that's going to hold my nose and do it." Yep. Just, yeah, I don't like, I don't want to bother anybody, you know, by, you know, making a big scene of this, and. Yep. Oh my yeah, gosh. I've known I've known women who have done that and gone through the you know the the marriage and the whole. Thankfully, mine you know I saw the wedding dress, but and the, all that stuff. But it was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm canceling. I'm, nope, 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 nope. Thankfully, <laughs> uh, why you know, we got bad home. enough? God bless. Right. Go forth. Don't deal with me anymore. So, um, yeah, it's and here's here's one other thing we're talking about like significant others, whether it be male, female, but there's also you know, coworkers, you know, all of this stuff, the good Friend, girl at work, yeah, right. where, you know, that's a whole, well, that could be a whole other topic where you're like, oh, how do you set boundaries when you have to work with these people, right? Right, and and you're not sure if they're really safe enough to have that conversation that's mature, just like yeah. a mature conversation. I, You know, we should have like something in high school. It's like communication 101. It's like, it's okay for, to tell the truth, you know, because people just, People do like get reactive when you create boundaries. It's true. Mm-hmm. I, we won't deny it. It's true. You know, they get a little grumpy because they don't. They're not getting their way, basically. Right. Yeah. You, you know, they want something, and you're saying no. Uh, so they're like kind of cranky pants. So <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna try and push on you to make you cave in. Yep. Yeah, and that, unfortunately, that's manipulation. When you say no and they keep going, it's like, okay, you're trying to manipulate me. That's not okay. Yeah. Or they're so just I, ignoring or disrespecting what I'm saying, you know. Exactly, yes. I call them DQs, drama queens. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I see you coming my way. Just turn right around and go the no, other no, way. No, no, right? no. Yeah, yeah. You can just turn around, me, little missy, and you can go the other way, other way. So, I mean, we all have our dramas. I get that. God, you know. I I was a drama queen in in you know yeah <laughs> so I'm gonna totally own that I was a total drama queen for many many years because I didn't know how else to do things I had no communication right. skills I had nothing so you know you kind of create not so great drama in your life but when I see it coming I'm very conscious about how I speak to people, how I do boundaries and so forth. And sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. And a lot of times I have to constantly reaffirm those boundaries. It's like, no, no. Nope. See that? You just, nope. This is where the fence is. I never understood that phrase as a kid, you know, fences make good neighbors. Oh, I totally get that now. It's like, oh my God, that's Mm. such a great line. Fences make good neighbors, right? right. Yes. Boundaries. This is where you end. This is where I begin. Yeah, Don't it's it, me. it's almost like we all need to go back to like that when we're individuating as little mm-hmm. kids and say, what was that little girl saying? She's into saying right now. Well, oh, I I can do it. I do it. So yeah. you know, I can do this and learning. Yeah, you can right. do this, and, and you can do deal with other people's emotions because sometimes when you do ruffle feathers, you got to deal with those difficult emotions. Yes. Yeah. I can do it. But, you know, yeah, you can. 
they're not comfortable, they're not particularly fun, but you know, at the end of the day, oh, it's so much better than all the chaos that it, you know, creates. It's like, all right, this was not fun, we got through it, and yeah. we learned from it, and it got a little bit better. So, yeah, makes so, life much better. Just to recap today, we've learned that overgiving and overfixing and being overly responsible for others is, is kind of like a recipe that just doesn't work in relationships. It's sort of a recipe for disaster in the making. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. We've learned that wearing a mask of politeness sort of um, can make it turn us into like someone who's passive aggressive, mm -hmm. and that's not attractive. Mm -mm. Really, Ew. it's not. Not attractive. It's, you might blow up after you go to a movie and someone says, hey, let's turn left, right? You just might have a big blow up, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you've been suppressed and repressed for so long, right? And we've looked at, let's see, what else have we looked at? We looked at how uh, overlooking red flags, overlooking your intuition is probably not wise. Not wise. Mm -mm. You know, well, in relationships. It, so let's put it this way. It, it most likely will give you some um, really good lessons down the road. So, <laughs> right, um, right. Lessons yeah, are coming. <laughs> you're really not going to pay attention. We're going to make sure that you really get it this time. And that's where you have the blow-ups. It's where someone, you know. So I really try to listen to it so that I don't have the incredibly hard lessons that are, you know. I mean, you're going to have hard lessons in your life. Let's, you know. Life throws your curveball. Yeah, basically that's what we're saying. Yeah. Well, I love this conversation. I love when we get to spill the tea on the good girl and um, how she may be acting out her disempowering ways, and and we don't even know it. And so we're letting we're letting um, the ladies in on the secrets, right, Lisa? Absolutely. Share the wealth, ladies. Let's re let's unite together to learn this. Yes, yes. Let's not keep repeating these patterns. Because they're classic. They're mm -hmm. just classic, disempowered, good girl patterns. And even if you think you're empowered, I'd be willing to venture that you fell into any one of those, probably the categories that we talked about, you might have been able to see yourself in. And it might just save you in your relationship. You know, it may give you a clue of how why your relationship isn't really where it needs to be. Right. And it might you know? be good. You can make it better. I mean, who doesn't want better? That's good, right? Yeah. So, Improve you know. it. Improve Absolutely. yourself. And you know what? The good news is it's all, it's all changing yourself. Yeah. Joy, you know how it is. You've been with yeah. your guy trying to change them. It doesn't work. Right. No one right. likes to be told they need to change. So all we can do is change ourselves. And it's amazing how it shifts the energy and the other person kind of change without even realizing they're doing it. Mm hmm. Understanding your personality, your patterns can unlock your potential. Well, Lisa, let's end on that great note, huh? Like what do it. you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So we'll we'll be dishing more, and Lisa will be on again talking about the good girl patterns and the whole the whole idea of this is to help you go from a good girl to sovereign queen, so you can have that happy, successful relationship, life, career, business, all of it. Because we want it all, right? Yes, we do. Why, Why do? not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for inviting me, Joy. This was so much fun. I'll talk to you again, Lisa, real soon. All right, darling. You have a great one. And goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Signing off. Until next time.
take care. You've been listening to Good Girl to Goddess, the podcast that helps you get over your good girl and get on with your life. If you want more of this and to join the community, head on over to my website, joybalma.com, and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode.